Welcome to the Fantasy Football Bandwagon. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Bandwagon Podcast, Episode 5, Numero Cinco. I like to practice my Spanish on here because my wife is going to be a Spanish teacher. So if I throw in some Spanish words and they're wrong, just tell me I'm dumb, okay? Because she hasn't taught me much yet. Like I said, Fantasy Football Bandwagon, I am Nolan, your driver. Let's call me that. I don't know. I guess you drive wagons like that. And Brayden is here somewhere. You can't see him, but he's there. Yeah, maybe maybe, uh, maybe you'll be able to see us soon, sooner than later. Hopefully, we're um, not too experienced in this whole uh, video internet, thing. So, in the internet. So, hey, yeah. and by the way, every time you say yo yo yo, I just think of Canes. You want some chicken to go? <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even. That is not what I thought of when I said that. Was when they yeah, roll up not, to the drive-through. Yeah. You know, more than welcome them to sponsor us. When you roll up to the drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> yo 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 <laughs> you want some chicken to go well that just shows me where your mind is at it is yep. not in the nfc afc least east today which is uh where it should be because that's who we're going to talk about today miami dolphins the new england patriots the new jersey jets and the buffalo bills yeah that actually sounds better the new, new jersey, jersey jets, jets it sounds better Pretty much does. Why does New York get like three teams? That's not cool. Texas only has like two. And we're bigger. Yeah. We're going to talk about those four teams. We also have some news and noise to kind of go over with you guys. Starting with, there will not be any preseason games this year. Usually there's four. You know, they've been there's been talks about the NFL bumping it down to two or one or something like that but they have just decided to with all the covid going on that they are not going to have any preseason games what do you think Braden? was it was that was that due to some of your rookies that won't get any basically practice games yeah so as far as fantasy value it definitely hinders the rookies um they it might take them even longer to adjust actually the uh they don't get any reps i mean they're getting thrown straight into full action you know full speed games so it's uh, week one in other news camp is about to start so i mean we're getting into football time football is raring up ready to go everybody's getting to practice everybody's getting tested and uh it's i mean we're there we're i think we're only about 40 40 days away something like that from the actual season starting yep we are and we are already getting getting players opting out left and right Yes, there has been, especially today and yesterday, there was tons of players opting out, which means they're just choosing to sit up this season. And I believe they're still, their contracts are still intact. They don't get paid this year. And they I, I, believe it just, I believe it just moves their contract on to the next year. So whatever they would get paid this okay. year, they get paid next year instead, uh, kind of on yeah. top. So yeah. it's a very weird situation. We haven't had this happen in really ever. So. Yeah, I, I would. The most significant one happened today. Um, Is, Damian Williams mm-hmm. opted out, running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, who just won the Super Bowl and is a very dynamic offense. Uh, I say most significant, most significant fantasy. Yes, most significant fantasy relevant player would be Damian Williams. Yeah, that's pretty big news. We're getting close to some football time. Stuffs happening. Stuffs going on. Jamal Adams, the you know star safety, got traded to the Seattle Seahawks. That was pretty big news on the defensive side of the ball. So there's there's stuff going on. I'm I'm excited. We're we're we're, get, we're almost there, Braden. We're almost just, footballing. We're almost there. So is it going to be worse if we just don't have any football, or if we play like one week and then they shut it all down? What's worse? Um, I will take one week of football. Will you, though? Because then they're going to, like, dangle it in front of your face and then take it away. I would like to have one week of football. My stance does not change. <laughs> okay, okay. Um. Well, so, real quick, what do you think 
what do you think that the um, Damian Williams thing does to does to Clyde, Clyde Edwards Alaire? Yep. Um, everybody's pretty much talking about him being a, you know an RB one right out of the gate. He doesn't have the competition. You know, Damian Williams was there. Damian Williams was the starter last year. He was the Super Bowl hero. Probably should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl. He's out of the way now. I, he, might, in my opinion, Damian Williams may have lost the spot because he decided to opt out. Which mm-hmm. you know, you do it for personal health reasons and all that. So, I, you know, I can't fault you there. But yeah, I see him being definitely a top fifteen running back at least. I, I, I at least see him in top fifteen running back. I don't know that I'm taking him in the first round. I, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, my my initial take on it, my quick take is it makes him a top 12 back for sure. I think he's almost locked to that unless they unless they find somebody else, you know, like if they pick up Devonte Freeman or something that obviously like it's going to change a little bit. So, um keep in mind, I mean, I would just watch out out for that that situation if they end up and pick somebody else up, then it could be a little slower out the gate still. Um he may still get more work, but uh, he he would still be slower out the gate. Yeah, I I I I would personally feel comfortable taking it at the back of the first. Yeah, yeah, right around there, right around the turn, I guess. You know, yeah, because he has if top, I have pick twelve, I'm probably taking so. him at my second pick. So, yeah, I could see Devonte Freeman or somebody like that coming in, bringing in a, a veteran who's, you know, Devonte Freeman would fit their scheme pretty well, I think. So that could be somebody to yeah. watch. Let's go ahead and jump right into the teams. Let's start with the team that nobody can ever get rid of and will never be bad again in the New England Patriots. They actually had about six players opt out, I believe, yesterday. Uh, none of their big fantasy-relevant players. They had some defensive guys, Patrick Chung, and some offensive line guys, some stuff like that. It's uh, going to be an interesting season, that's for sure. Let's go ahead and talk about their big, you know, they lost Tom Brady, they lost Gronkowski. It's kind of a big off season for them. But they brought in Cam Newton as well, which everybody, you know, it started off as a joke. Hey, the Patriots are going to pick up Cam Newton. Well, we talked about it too much. So now he's a Patriot. Cam Newton has always been a good fantasy quarterback when he's healthy. What I, what do you think about Cam Newton? I have him finishing. I I think he could be a, if he stays healthy and the season goes on without some weird stuff going on. Okay, if he doesn't lose all of his offensive linemen, I think he can be a top ten quarterback. Um. Yeah. I I think he his ceiling is is up there for sure. I have him right now. I have him at thirteen. Um. I just look at some of these guys and I see more consistency, maybe a little more weapons. And it's hard for me to put them ahead of, of ahead of some of these guys like uh, Josh Allen, Drew Brees, Matt Stafford, um, even Carson Wentz. So I I can definitely see him finishing inside the top ten. I I just don't know. And with all these players opting out for. Most of them have been on the defense, right, for the Patriots, I believe. Yeah, most of them. I think you did, you know, a couple linemen are sitting out. It's offensive linemen. See, and that and that's a big deal. That's yeah. not <laughs> – that's going to hurt his value. So, I mean, he's he's great. He's always been great. He, I, Like you said, he's always been fantasy relevant as long as he's been healthy. He's and, always, I, he, and you know he hasn't just been fantasy relevant. He's always been a fantasy beast when he's healthy, for the yeah, most no, part. Yeah, no, you're right. And you mentioned so whoever didn't know, Cam was hurt almost all last season. He was the former MVP of 2015 season for the Carolina Panthers. I believe he hurt his shoulder and had some shoulder surgery and and a few other things last year. He's been playing hurt. He only he only played one game last year. He comes to New England on a one year deal. He's only here for this year. It's kind of his prove it year. Bill Belichick, you can never count the man out. No, nope. if he if if he had a running back playing quarterback, he's going to play to that running back strength. Bill Belichick is going to find a way to make Cam Newton a good quarterback. If he has to bring two other tight ends and just have them block for him, that's what he's going to do. So I am not really worried about Cam Newton. 
there's not a lot of weapons, offensive weapons on this team, but Cam Newton is the offensive weapon on this team. Yeah, I, I, like you said, I trust Belichick. He's going to play to the strengths of his players, and he's going to make it happen. So, and I, I, I expect him to be good. And I don't know if you saw Cam's, Cam's, he put out a video, and he's pretty motivated himself. Yeah, he's, he's ready to go. He, he's kind of upset that people slept on him. So, and I, I like Cam right now because he's, he got signed late, but he is currently going later in drafts than guys like Matthew Stafford and, and guys like Carson Wentz, which you may like those guys over him. If you can get Cam Newton, and he's going in the 10th round, which is sometimes that's that's where you wait to draft a quarterback. That's kind of like the ideal spot to wait to at least is round 10. Then Cam Newton's a, a good guy to pick up in the 10th round if you can everybody else forget that he's there. Yeah, for sure. Let's go ahead and move along to a couple guys who aren't they're Patriots running backs. Patriots running backs are they are flex options for fantasy. That's the best way I on, can describe them. On good matchups. On, on, yeah, on good matchups and good seasons. Sony Michelle and James White. James White actually finished as running back 18 last year in a, in a, you know they had a bad year. Sonny Michelle finished down as running back 31. I have them both down below 30. I have James White at 31 and Sonny Michelle at 46, especially with Cam Newton coming in. I think Cam's Cam's kind of the goal line back at this point. He's the Cam's the biggest guy on the team. If you've never seen Cam Newton, please go watch a video of Cam Newton or something. That dude is the he's bigger than the linebackers and his offensive lineman. He's a quarterback. But yeah, so, Sony Michelle was just not very good last year. Yeah, you said it best. Uh, Cam's going to take away from their red zone, their red zone carries, and that's going to hurt their value tremendously. They're already, you know, the, I already have my number one fantasy rule for beginners is don't draft a Patriots running back. Yeah, you know, and there's a reason why is because you're going to get burned every single time. And now with Cam Newton coming in, a running quarterback, he's only going to take away those end zone touches exactly and that's where you that's where you want your running backs getting getting fed is in the red zone sony michelle actually had no 100 yard games all season which is pretty terrible for a running back who gets significant playing time if you don't get over 100 yards one time he had seven touchdowns but the thing about patriots running backs is they're not consistent you didn't know where those seven touchdowns were coming it wasn't just, you know, he didn't score 200 yards and then just happened to not get a touchdown. No, he never got over 100 yards, and so you didn't know when it was coming. Uh, his ADP is actually in the eighth round, towards the middle of the eighth round, which, I mean, I'm not I'm not touching Sonny Michelle this year. They're he just, just he looked so bad last year, man. Even just watching him, he just did not look good. And like I mentioned with Cam Newton, Bill Belichick plays to the strength of his team. If if the game plan for this week is to throw the ball 50 times and not run the ball, then that's what he's doing. He's not just going to give the running back carries just because he feels like he has to. If it's not working, he's not doing it. It's just not consistent. They vary so much a week to week to try to just, you know, they're trying to win. They don't care about your fantasy points. If if I'm taking either of these, if I have to take one of the Patriots running backs, I'm taking James White. He has been, you know, Tom Brady's not there anymore, but he's been the guy, the passing down back. I'd rather have him in a PPR league. He had five reception touchdowns last year, and he's just a little more a little more consistent because he is the passing down guy. So even if he doesn't get all his rushes, he'll probably catch a few passes for you. Yeah, if you're making me pick one, I will forego my eighth-round pick. Oh, okay, I'll take it. Yeah, you I'll can pick, have it. I'll pick somebody with it. I'd probably no, pick because pr- you have to. You have to have him. No, you cannot I'm choose anybody pick, but him. I'm pick this guy right here, Julian Edelman, the wide receiver, the only wide receiver you should probably draft on this team. Maybe, maybe not. We'll get to it. Julian yeah, Edelman. Too. Julian Edelman actually finished as wide receiver seven last year, in a down offensive year with an old man Tom Brady, who had noodle arm. He finished as top ten wide receiver. Noodle uh, arms fixing to chunk it all over the yard this year. Anchor arms, bro. He's gonna have anchor <laughs> arms this year. Blow them, blow them fools up. Edelman, I have him probably reg- regrettably kind of low at wide receiver thirty-one, which is 
way below where he finished last year. He had his best year last year, but this is his first time not playing with Tom Brady. What do you got on Edelman? Um, I have him at 31. Hey, and, that's where I have him. Yep. And he's going to be consistent for you. He's going to get you get you points every week. It probably won't be a blow up blow up week. You may get like one or two of those, but he's going to get you at least 8 points probably every week. He's probably the most consistent fantasy player in this whole division would be Julian Edelman. He finished with 100 yards receiving last year, and he's just the guy. He's the volume guy on the team. He's, he finished with what, would you say? He had 100 receptions last year. Oh, okay. And he caught over 100 passes last year. Okay. I don't know what you thought I said, but that's what I actually said. The other guys on the team, the wide receivers on the team, are Nikhil Harry and Mohamed Sanu. Before we get into them, do you have Edelman's ADP right now? Let me let me see if I can find it real quick. Because I think he's going a little later than... I mean, he may be kind of a value pick at the moment. He's going in yeah, the seventh I, round, I, the beginning of the seventh round, behind yeah, guys like Marquise Brown and Devontae Parker. Uh, I, who are you taking out of those three guys? I would take... And Brandon, and Brandon Cooks. He's going right around those four guys. I would take Devontae Parker out of all those guys. Really? And then I would take Brandon Cooks. No. Yeah. Then I'd take Brandon Cooks, and then I'd take Marquise Brown, and then I'd take Julian Edelman. Wow. See, I think I would actually probably take Edelman first out of those those four guys. He's not really the upside guy. Well, it kind of depends on how my team's built. If I'm looking for an upside guy right here, I'm probably taking Devontae Parker or Marquise Brown. If I'm looking for a consistency guy, Julian Edelman's my number one pick right there. My number one pick in, in that round. So it's kind of the way your team is built. Edelman's not going to... His agree. upside's not near as high as those other guys, but he's definitely more consistent. Nikhil Harry yep. and Mohamed Sanu, I mentioned him a minute ago. Not nearly as consistent. Sanu actually played 15 games. Not all with the Patriots. He got traded to the Patriots for, I think, a second-round pick, which is kind of crazy. He played 15 games, and he still ended as a wide receiver 58. That should tell you All that, you need to know. Well, we mentioned the Patriots' offense was not great last year. But Sanu's actually going undrafted currently. He's a guy to watch on the waiver wire. I, I don't think I'm wasting a draft pick on him. If the Patriots' offense looks for whatever reason if they look if they look good if they're moving the ball if he looks decent you know go pick him up on the waiver he'll be, definitely be a guy to watch on the waiver Nikhil Harry was a rookie last year he was hurt most of last season and then when he came back he just wasn't very good he was not good which usually doesn't go well for rookies he's <laughs> actually going in the 12th round right now he is being drafted he's a he's a bigger guy he's projected to be the number one outside guy maybe take a late maybe take a late round flyer on him he is the one Patriots wide receiver that i will be drafting if you know like that i would i would take a late round flyer on him yeah just just because like you said belichick will play to his strengths if he if he ends up and thinks that that harry is going to be one of those strengths this year he will use him yeah and um they had Philip Dorsett there last year, and he's gone now. So now there's more targets to also go around. But it is – I feel like it's going to almost be a completely new offense with Cam Newton on the team. So I, I don't know how much you can rely off last year's stats. Yeah, and like you said, you're getting Harry in the 14th round, so he costs you nothing. You have to drop players um, anyway. Or like, okay, if you're drafting and you draft a kicker in a defense, you should not do that from now on. You should draft players like Nikhil Harry in the 14th mm -hmm. round and mm -hmm. 15th round because you can always drop those guys and and stream a uh, defense and a kicker from week to week. Exactly, and that's one of mine and Braden. I think we both do that strategy. We actually have uh, we play in a in a keeper league where you get to it's a 12 I think it's a 12 team keeper league. You get to keep one player the next year in the round that you drafted them the previous year. And what what I like to do in that league is, I think it's 16 rounds, 16, 17 rounds in that league. 
I don't draft a kicker or a defense. I just man, we had so you take feel, all you, upside yeah, guys. I, I take upside guys down in the last round. I think I actually drafted Nikhil Harry in the last round last year, so I, I believe I can keep him there. Um, but I mean, it, right before the season starts, yeah, you're gonna drop somebody. You're gonna drop the weakest link on your team and go pick up a defense and a kicker because you don't want to not play those guys. But it, it just kind of helps, you know, if something happens before the start of the season, if Julian Edelman breaks his leg before he steps on the field, like Nikhil Harry is, you're keeping him at that point. Yep. So it, it's good to think ahead. Kickers and defenses do not win you leagues, I promise. They are the least important parts of teams if they are in your league. They, every kicker, okay, not every kicker is going to get you points. Almost all the kickers are going to get you points. Just don't pick a crappy defense. There's, and I know what you're there's saying. There's usable defenses, I promise. I know what you're saying, all right? But the Patriots' defense, no. The Patriots' defense lost Nolan's brother the championship last they, year. They okay? lost me. The, I was in first place in, in that keeper league all year with the Patriots' defense, yes. They get you along. Then towards the end of the year, they kind of petered out and uh, did not help me win the championship. So that was great. They're, they're not player defenses are not parts of your teams that you rely on you just want you're happy for defense to get you zero points because at least they didn't get you negative some defenses and leagues have negative points those are not fun true so don't All right. don't don't waste picks on them if you don't have to let's uh there's three tight ends on the patriots you're not drafting any of these guys they, we're moving on. well <laughs> i'm gonna mention them matt lacoste okay. Devin asiasi Dalton Keene. Two of those guys are rookies. Aussie, Aussie, oi, oi. Oi, oi, oi. You're not drafting either, either of these guys. They're just not using these tight ends. They are not the strengths on the team, so they will not be used in the passing game. Now we can move on. What's, uh, let's go to the Buffaloes. Why aren't they just, like, Buffalo Bills? I feel like it's a weird team name. It's just, like, I don't, like, I like it, but I don't like it. I mean, the city's name is Buffalo. Yeah, but, like... But then, like, if you just if you didn't know what city this was in, they're just called the Buffalo Bills, <laughs> and you'd be like, "What city are they from?" And I don't know. It's just weird. I don't like it. QB Josh Allen was their quarterback last year and the year before that. He finished as quarterback six. Why did he finish as quarterback six, Brady? Because he is good at quarterbacking. <laughs> that is a lie. <laughs> don't ever say that again. No. He's a he's a he's a decent enough quarterback. Yes, Josh Allen finished as quarterback six because he likes to run the ball. That is really the only reason he finished as quarterback six. He likes to get those rushing touchdowns. Yes, he does that. He actually finished with just over three thousand yards, twenty touchdowns, nine picks, ran for five hundred and ten yards, and had nine rushing touchdowns. That is why he finished as quarterback six. Yeah, he's he's gonna get you um, around 500 yards and six to ten rushing touchdowns almost every single year. He's averaged what is it eight every year? I think he, so. he gets he gets eight every year, uh, and so I mean it's a it's a super safe baseline. He's always gonna be a consistent top 12 QB, and um, as long as he I keeps mean, running the ball. Yeah, I mean, and he's he's got Stephon Diggs this year. Like that helps. It helps to have a true number sure. one wide receiver. Especially so. when you're not uh, an accurate passer. So Josh Allen has a huge arm. He can throw the ball downfield like just as well as anybody. But can he accurately throw the ball down the field? Not necessarily, no. So you're not relying on him to accurately throw the ball down the field. He was actually last in completion percentage in the NFL last year. At 58.8%, which means he barely completed half of his passes. He's not a guy going to get you 30 touchdowns. He's going to get you points with his legs, and that's kind of where his value only is at. So he's going at QB9 with an ADP of 901. I mean, that's I, I feel like you can take him there, and mm -hmm. he's going he's gonna to pay off on that value. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy to target later. I don't think... Um, I mean, he's not a flashy guy like... Dak or Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson for sure, but he's going to be a you know good QB for you to get <clears> fantasy <throat> points. He's not he's probably not going to you know be the top scoring quarterback really in any week unless he scores freaking three rushing touchdowns. But 
he'll he'll be he'll be good enough. The running backs here in Buffalo, in uh, in on the Buffalo Bills team in whatever city they're from. Devin Singletary was a rookie last year, ended as running back thirty-two, and then you have Zach Moss, who is a rookie this year. Both of these guys were drafted in the third round, and old man Frank Gore is actually no longer on the team. What do you got on these two guys? Uh, so Devin Singletary finished as RB29 last year. And, I mean, you, you spent fairly high capital on him, so you weren't, you weren't very happy with that, with that running back 29 finish. Um, but he was injured. So he, I hope he doesn't have an injury history. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I hope he's, he's not injury prone is what I was trying to say. Uh, I just don't think that the Bills trust that because they obviously went and spent some more draft capital on Zach Moss, another running back, you know. So um, he averaged, Singletary averaged 15 touches a game, which is good. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good, even with sharing with Frank Gore. So I, I expect him to continue that trend of right around 15 touches a game. I don't expect it to go up by no means. Um, Zach Moss will will probably step in and take some work from him. I see it as maybe a 60-40 split, but... Okay, okay. So I... <clears throat> I'm not owning Devin Singletary this year because his ADP is in the fourth round. And I do not see him. He's not a big guy. He's not a, a beast, a big workhorse back or anything like that. He's kind of a smaller guy who's shifty and you know can, can hit a hole and, and take it. But, I mean, Zach Moss, they drafted him in the third round. They spent draft capital on him. He, Devin Singletary, didn't cost them any more draft capital than Zach Moss. They didn't take Singletary in the first round. I, I just don't think Singletary is guaranteed the job. I mean, it's his to lose for now, but I think Zach Moss, I think it ends about a 50-50 split at the end of the year, almost like, you know. I, I see this as David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen kind of situation here, where they're both going to be used but they're both different situations and you may be able to rely on both of them, but one of them is probably going to be better. I just, I just don't see, I'd rather wait and and try to get Moss a little later if I have to get one of these guys, but Devin Singletary is going in the fourth round around guys like DJ Chark, Zach Ertz, T.Y. Hilton, and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in on Singletary in the fourth round. I, I give me cream hunt all day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I'm just not messing with Devin Singletary. I just don't think the workload is going to be there, and if it is, I don't think he can sustain it. So I, I'm probably taking. I'm probably taking. I'm not that I'm real high on Moss. I'm probably not taking Moss either, unless he just kind of falls and happens to be a value where I get him. But we'll see kind of how that goes. One guy. There's actually two guys here I might draft. One of them is my boy, and the other one is Stephon Diggs. It's my boy. Is, the other one is one's my boy. I mean, I don't know if he's been Braden's boy. I don't think I've ever heard him mention Stephon Diggs no. in his life. But we're going to talk about him because he ended as wide receiver 24 last year. And I feel like that's I feel like that's low. I know, I mean, he's Stephon Diggs. Everybody talks him up big and all that. And I believe he didn't have the best year last year, honestly. But and I think he played a little bit hurt. But he fits right in in Buffalo. He's going to be the true number one here. He's not sitting behind Adam Thielen. He's the number one on the outside, in the slot, whatever you want to put him at. He's a down-the-field guy. He's also a short pass, shifty guy, break a tackle. He's a good route runner. Yes, he's a good route runner. He actually had eight catches of 40-plus yards tied for the league lead last year. So they've shown that or he has shown that he can catch the ball downfield deep, and that's what Josh Allen does, as we mentioned, is throw the ball deep and ten yards away from his wide receiver. Yeah, this could be fun, man. Um, with with Stephon Diggs now in Buffalo, you could see a lot of deep bombs. But really, uh, the thing about Diggs, and I've I've kind of like I like him being the actual number one now he actually gets a chance to prove himself as a number one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I expect him to see 120 targets this year. Yeah, that's that's a lot of targets. Um, there so, were only 513 targets on this team last year. The Bills were tied for 25th in the league 
so they weren't this team's not a big passing team in the first place yeah and with when you give a um as i'm projecting it when you give a, a top 12 nfl wide receiver talent 120 targets that's he's gonna do something with it yeah and i'm a little higher on Diggs this year than i have been because uh, i found the stat that he even with low volume even if he doesn't get 120 targets Diggs actually had 1100 yards on less than 100 targets last year which is pretty astronomical that's 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 a pretty big deal not many guys hit 1100 yards especially with less than 100 targets which means uh, i'm gonna see if i can find how many balls he actually caught because is good <laughs> yeah i mean he definitely had a freaking crazy year last year it 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 wasn't great he ended as a wide receiver 24 like we mentioned but i think he's a good value here he's going do you have his adp right there um i do not well, but i very want prepared to... did you no i didn't i it's in the sixth round 602 sixth round? okay who's who's he going around uh, AJ Green, Marquise Brown, Cortland Sutton. See, I actually think um, I kind of like him there. Actually, I actually don't think I I hate um, Stephon Diggs in that area. I think it's a good value for a guy number one on a team. Even if, like I mentioned, even if he doesn't get a lot of passing volume, that he's going to be good. I think I think he's a he's a steal there. You know, you get a number one wide receiver, uh, a number one wide receiver with the talent that he has in the sixth round. I mean, I, what other number one wide receiver besides AJ green are you getting, getting that late? You know, he only caught 63 passes on 94 targets last year and still had 1100 yards. So that's, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm kind of, kind of all in on Stefan Diggs this year. Or, sorry. Sorry. What other, there's a lot of number ones going to that area. What other high upside number one wide receiver in that area? Are you taking over him? You know, so. Yeah. I mean, He's probably the guy right there. Now, I'm going to give you this crazy stat from my boy right here, Braden. There's only one wide receiver that ended as a top 20 wide receiver in PPR scoring format last year, and it was not Stephon Diggs. It was my boy John Brown. So John Brown has been my boy for years. Okay, I kind of I kind of skipped out on him last year. I, 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 didn't, I didn't have the faith in my boy that I should have last year. But wide, And, of course, it's the one year he pulls through is the year that I don't hey, have him on my hey. team. You gave up on him. Yeah, one the one year he's top twenty wide receiver. He wasn't on my team, but John Brown was the number one here last year without Stephon Diggs. I still like John Brown. He's he's the deep guy. He's still faster. He's, Stephon Diggs isn't necessarily the fastest guy. John Brown, I call him Smokey. Back when he was on the Cardinals, he was uh, he's a fast guy. He actually ended with a thousand yards on seventy two receptions and six touchdowns, and he had one hundred and fifteen targets. So, you know, obviously I think he loses some of those targets to Diggs. But I still think he's a a sneaky good pick kind of late. He's definitely going later in drafts. He's actually going in the 12th round. I mean, if he, you probably got him in the 12th round last year, and then you got a top 20 receiver. So I think he's a good, good 12th round pick, definitely with some upside. I think he's got some upside. Yeah, he has upside there. He, he he's gonna he will more than likely pay off on that value. Yeah, for and sure. that's really what you're looking for. So he, I just want to throw this out for my boy. Through week eleven last year, he was one of only two wide receivers. Michael Thomas was the other one to never fail to get over fifty yards every game, which is a pretty big deal. Pretty I did not know that. Was, it means he was very cons- he was consistent for you last year. I don't know how consistent he's going to be this year with Stephon Diggs, but I I could see it helping him. Because Diggs, you know, the number one corner is going to be on Diggs most of the time if you know if they play it that way. So John Brown could get over the top of somebody and and take one to the house if if uh, Josh Allen could learn to throw the ball in the right area. Yeah, I see. I see him as a as a good uh, flex option. Yeah, you know, just just a, a filler, just a maybe maybe a wide receiver three with some upside, wide receiver right. four with some upside. Probably exactly. a wide receiver four with some some higher upside if you can get him. Cole Beasley was a guy on the team last year, still on the team. Wide receiver thirty four last year. He is a possession guy. He saw one hundred and six targets last year. I don't know that that's going down with Diggs, but you're not really drafting Beasley to to do anything for you on your fantasy team. 
he's just kind of a, a down and yardage guy in the real league. So probably not wasting draft pick on Beasley. If you need a fill in, maybe somebody to look at on waiver, but that's about it. You got anything on Dawson Knox tied in? Um, don't draft him. Yep, not going to be a consistent look out, fantasy tight end. Look out on the waiver wire in case he has a good matchup and you you want to plug and play. Do a little plug and play there. Plug it up. Yeah, he's probably the fourth passing option on this team, so it's not somebody I'm looking to start on my fantasy roster. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind, when we when we don't like guys, things change too. So... I mean, situations change all the time, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and we could get to week four or five, and we're like, hey, pick up Dawson Knox. Yeah, for sure. That's why so, you got to stick around and stay tuned. And if we don't, you know, tell you much about him, there's not much to tell about him. He didn't, he wasn't used a lot last year, or he just hasn't done a lot, or, or I mean, some of the players just haven't had any playing time. So it's it's kind of hard to tell on some of these guys. You know, we can guess from schemes and all that, but. You never really know until you get in there and 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 get going. Like this next team, let's talk about the Jets. They brought in some guys. They lost some guys. They brought in Brashard Perryman, wide receiver over from the Bucks, and Denzel Mims. They drafted him out of Baylor in the second round. And LaMichael Perrine from Florida in the fourth you round. Did. You did so good. In, in, yeah, that was a... Uh, that was planned. Brought over Joe Flacco. How about that big free agent acquisition? They lost. Dude, Sam Donald better watch out. Yeah, they, but he's seeing ghosts out there, bro. Their their losses on this team were actually kind of significant. They lost Robbie Anderson, Bilal Powell, and not really so much Demarius Thomas, but Robbie Anderson, the wide receiver, and Bilal Powell, the running back. Those guys have been on the Jets almost their whole career, and. Robbie Anderson was a little more significant. Let's go ahead and get Sam Darnold out of the way. I'm not drafting Sam Darnold. You should probably not draft Sam Darnold unless you're in a dynasty league, maybe, or you have it's a two quarterback deep 14 team league or something, and all the other guys are gone. He finished as quarterback 27, which was lower than Mitchell Trubisky last year. So he's not really a fantasy option at quarterback for you. No, he's not. Um, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on Sam Darnold. I do want to give you this one funny stat, though. Uh, he played in 13 games last year mm-hmm. and finished those 13 games with 189 points. Okay. Yep. Matt Stafford played in eight games and finished with 166 points. Yeah, that's um, that's why you're not drafting. What's his name? I can't remember his name now. Sam. Sam. Sam Darnold. Mono boy. Mono boy. He's like he's. I think the youngest. You know, he's younger than Joe Burrow. And this will be his third year in the league, I believe. He's like 23, right? I I think so. Something like that. He's he's, he's like half a year younger than Joe Burrow. And this will be his third year in the league. Let's go ahead and move on to the really only stud on this team, or somebody who should be a stud, Le'Veon Bell. Makes me happy. This guy is actually Brayden's boy. It made me happy to my heart that you called him a stud. So I think Braden has drafted this guy number one overall for the last like five years and like every league he's had the number one overall pick in. This including is last Braden's year. Boy. Yeah, including last year, the year no, he played last year. Including the year he sat out and didn't play at all. So Actually I did draft him first overall that year. Yeah. That, that is correct. And I still won the league. You know that that year, real quick, I drafted Le'Veon and I drafted um Jarek McKinnon in the second round. And I won. So you know what? Suck it. All right. It just goes to show you, you don't necessarily win your league at the draft. You build a good roster throughout the rest of the year as well. It's true. Le'Veon Bell finished as running back 16. I actually have, I'm pretty high on him this year. I have him as running back 10. Uh, where Whoa. Do you, where do you, yeah, what do you have him sitting? I, I got him as a top 10 running back this year. Whoa, dude. What, you don't like your boy? You, you are got? higher. Yeah, I do. I do like my boy. I have him at 15. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. But 10 is hey, extreme, and that's, that's is it chilling. Though? Le'Veon's like done it, it before. Le'Veon is the workhorse back. He's he's not worried about anybody behind him. They're not splitting touches like that. He's great. He's a great pass catching, probably the best pass catching back in the league. 
he yep. I mean he's the guy. He's the guy on this team. The whole offense runs through Le'Veon Bell. That it does. Yeah, his ADP right now is three oh nine as the nineteenth running back off the board. And the thing is with that value, you're drafting him at his floor. Yeah, like, I, I think that's a steal right there, bro. His actual actually his his floor is last year he finished his RB sixteen. Yeah. You're drafting him beyond his floor. Like you're yeah. getting tremendous value on Le'Veon. So I think it's a really good. But he had 311 touches last year. That's that's a big number. That's a that's a big number for a running back. That's that's what you want. You want volume. Adam Gase. We're gonna talk about Adam Gase. He's not a very good coach, <laughs> head coach or offensive coach. Whatever. He had like one good year with Peyton Manning, and apparently everybody thought he was this god. So. He said he wants to do kind of the less is more approach with Le'Veon this year, which I think could actually help him. You know, they brought in Frank Gore, old man Frank Gore, who's like 37. And maybe Le'Veon doesn't have to try to do everything and can just like do some of the stuff he's good at and be dodgy and take it to the house. And their their offensive line should be better this year as well. So Yeah, they weren't very good last year. And they've tried to improve a little bit. So hopefully that's how how it went. Hopefully they improve, but I think Le'Veon could be a steal, especially in a PPR league. He's gonna get, he's gonna catch a lot of passes. Passes get you more points than runs because you get extra point for the catch. So, or I you think, should because you should be playing in a PPR yes. league. So I think Le'Veon's a good pickup. You're not drafting Frank Gore. He's one of those guys where if all your running backs are hurt or they're all out with COVID, you go pick him up off waiver and start him for a week because there's nobody else on the the waiver wire and because he's Frank Gore. Yeah. So there's a couple other guys, uh, you know, yeah. some rookies. I, dr- I mentioned the rookie. Really, at this point, he's a good dynasty, you know, stash in one of the later rounds. Uh, but with Le'Veon on the team, he's probably not getting touches like that unless Adam Gase. We know Adam Gase doesn't like Le'Veon, so it may just be something where you just decide, or Adam Gase just decides that he's not um, not playing Le'Veon anymore. I think Adam Gase would like to punt the running back position and not have any running back ever play for another NFL team. I just don't think he likes Le'Veon. Or uh, he, he, other he, he obviously didn't like Kenyon Drake. I don't know what his problem is. Let's move along to the wide receiver core here. And this wide receiver on. core. <laughs> this wide receiver <laughs> core may be one of the weaker ones in the league, honestly. Uh, Jamison Crowder, Brashard Perriman, and Denzel Mims. They also have Josh Doxson, but I'm not. You're not really looking at him. Those first three guys. The only one I'm really spending a draft pick on is Jameson Crowder. I think he gives you, he gives you some value. He actually ended with 833 yards on 78 receptions, and he had 122 targets and six touchdowns. I don't know if I said touchdowns, but I said it again. Crowder is he's a slot guy. He's the slot guy on the team, but. He's essentially the number one number one wide receiver on the team. But he's a boring pick. That's why nobody picks Jameson Crowder. You probably don't even know who he is because he's not a flashy pick. But he had 122 targets. And Robbie Anderson, the other kind of big-name wide receiver on this team last year, is gone. So I, I see Crowder getting – Crowder gets red zone looks. He's the red zone guy. He's the volume guy on the team. He's the reliable guy on the team. He's I think he's a solid wide receiver three. He's going – you can get him late, so he's not going to cost you a whole lot. But if I mean, take a good flyer on him, get a good wide receiver three. Who's going to get, who's going to catch the ball? Somebody on this team is going to catch the ball, and it's going to be him. Crowder reminds me of a lesser Julian Edelman. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're disrespecting Julian Edelman a little bit, but I said lesser Julian Edelman. I mean, Julian I still, Edelman I, I still, is a hundred percent better so. than Jameson Crowder. I mean, that's true. So that's, I mean, I don't know. That's just how I look at him. He's going to be that guy, like you said, that's going to have consistency. He's going to catch a lot of balls. Um, I think the exciting play is to take Brashad Perryman in the 14th round. Exciting? Are you sure that's I, the word you want to use to describe that? Okay. All right. The the upside play. Is that better? I don't know about Okay, that, that makes a little bit more sense. I don't know how much sense because I don't even think he's the upside guy. I do. He's on his fourth team in five years for a reason. Like, Brashard Perriman, if he was great, he's probably not bouncing around from team to team. 
His end of the year, last five games, he posted 13.7, 16, 34.6, 17.2, and 24.4 fantasy points. Yeah, but that was was with Jameis Winston just slinging the ball because he was really bad at not slinging the ball. I think the upside pick here. I think the upside pick here is Denzel Mims, the rookie. I mean, he's a rookie second rounder out of Baylor. I think he's got just as good a shot as any rookie wide receiver to end up actually being the number one on this team. Like we said, Crowder's the slot guy. It's Mims fighting with Perriman to be the number one on the outside, and I don't think Perriman's going to be that hard to beat. Oh yeah, look look how the last TCU wide receiver that entered the league turned out. Well, he's on the same he's on the same team, and he sucks. Good thing this guy's from Baylor. Josh Doc. Oh dang! You remember the last you Baylor did, guy to be really good? Baylor. Remember Josh Gordon? That guy's from Baylor. Never. Yeah. Know. Never know. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he totally paid off on his draft capital. Yeah, 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 yeah. he did. I think Denzel Mims is a good guy to watch. I think he's a good good rookie pickup, uh, good dynasty pickup. I think he's very interesting. I would take a flyer on him in in one of the last rounds instead of taking a defense. I would take Denzel Mims. Let's go through Chris Herndon real quick, the tight end. And Ryan Griffin, I am not drafting either one of these guys. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm not. I'm not drafting Chris Herndon. He may. He actually may have fantasy value, yes. but you, you're going to want to pick it up off the waiver. Don't. There's there's plenty of tight ends. Or with maybe more if you draft two upset. tight ends, I'm not necessarily against so. drafting a backup tight end. Maybe a backup tight end, but you're not drafting him to start him as your number one guy. This is his third year in the league. And he was suspended and hurt almost all of last year. He had like one catch last year. He had a promising rookie year, but we got to see kind of where it goes. He hasn't really showed us a whole lot. So Ryan Griffin's the older kind of vet in the the tight end position, but he's not somebody that's really that involved in the passing game. So it's not somebody you're looking to start on your fantasy team. I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually excited to talk about the Dolphins. Uh well yeah that's um that's because they got Ryan Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic Fitz baby. Magic. Let's go talk that's about not the why Dolphins. I'm excited, but Dolphins, yeah. Dolphins drafted Tua Tagovailoa. I think I said that right because I've been practicing my Hawaiian. In uh, he's a quarterback out of Alabama. If you didn't already know that, they brought over running backs Jordan Howard and Matt Breida, who are both. Good running backs. They're both good running backs. They're better than some running backs you could have brought over. Let's talk about the MVP on this team <laughs> first. The best person on this team, best player, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzmagic, bro. Ryan Fitzmagic has played for, I literally think, like a third of the league. He's played for like a third of the teams in the actual NFL. I think he's just going to make his way through and, and do them all. I think Fitzpatrick is set to be the starter to start the season, especially with with no preseason games. I I really don't think Tua's going to start the season. I wouldn't. So so the more the farther we get along in this situation, the more that I like Fitzpatrick and the more that I like Devonte Parker because Fitzpatrick will be the QB. Okay, tell us uh, about tell us about Fitzpatrick. Why he's usable in fantasy? So Fitzpatrick likes to sling the ball. Okay, he will throw it up. He's he's kind of like Jameis Winston. He don't care, bro. With with less picks, like he will just chunk it up there and hope somebody catches it. Yeah. And last year, Devontae Parker always caught it. So, um, he you know Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker together, like they were both le- we- league winners last year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and like I said, the more that this situation with you know the rookies not not getting any preseason games, um, and Tua has been hurt with the hip injury. Like the more that I lean towards Fitzpatrick is going to play as long as as they need him to, as, as, as long need. as they feel comfortable. Without yep. you know, I don't I don't think they're going to bring Tua in quick. You know, he's their future. So I, don't I, I don't I don't see them rushing him in. Fitzpatrick, if you don't know who Ryan Fitzpatrick is, this guy. For whatever reason, every year, this guy is kind of a fantasy stud for, like, half the season. And then, like, either the first half or the second half. And then the other half, he's just kind of, like, he's mediocre. He's not terrible. But he's a good – he is the definition of what we call a streamer QB, where you don't have to draft him because nobody drafts him. He's free. He doesn't cost you anything. And 
yeah, you play him in good matchups and you don't really rely on him to win you games. You just rely on him to not get you a terrible low amount of points. Yeah, and and moving on to moving on to Tua. Um, hold on, hold on, no, we're not done with Fitz Magic, bro. I got some stats oh on this one. I just want to give okay. you the stats from Week Six on. Fitzpatrick was QB two. I just want you yeah, to know that. So that's, that's like wild. I told you he's a league. That's winner, like man. three quarters of the league, uh, the league season right there. He is a gunslinger, and I got another one. Until Kenyon Drake, um, until Kenyon Drake, like started taking over as the Cardinals running back. Four quarterbacks led their team in rushing. It was Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, and Ryan Fitzpatrick because the Dolphins' running game was so bad. Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's not a running guy by any means, but he was just like, <laughs> screw it, dude. I'm, I'm, I gotta get a first down. Let's go. So, yeah, I, I just he's got a big beard. I like his beard. Yep. All right. Now okay. You, now you can tell me about Tua. You have to say his whole name though. Tua Tungavailoa. Oh, that was that was pretty good. Oh, thank you. you okay. Away. So, um, Tua is not going to be on anybody's redraft radar this year. He he's he, a good. He he might be like. Uh, I mean, if I'm not drafting a defense, take a shot on Tua, especially if you're in a keeper league or something like that. Yeah, I just I don't see it. I won't be the one doing it. Um, if you're a Dolphins fan, maybe, but <laughs> I just he he's a good rookie drafts is really the only place that you really should be taking Tua. So unless you're in a dynasty dynasty league and you have rookie drafts, probably steer clear. He's going to start at some point. It's like we mentioned, not going to be at the beginning of the season. He's going to start at some point. He's a mobile quarterback. As long as his hip's not hurting him, he had surgery on his hip. He, you know, knocked him out of college. He's got some nice weapons to throw to, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not drafting him really in a redraft league. You're not, if you do, you're not spending, you're not trying to spend any capital on him. You're trying to get him in the last round or something like that. But he's got a good future ahead of him. I, I do like him for dynasty and keeper. But that's about it this year. A couple running backs here that will be usable fantasy running backs. We're pretty sure. Jordan Howard, who is nobody's favorite player because he's Jordan Howard. If you've played over the last couple of years, then I really don't think you like Jordan Howard. But he's starting running back essentially on this team. He will play a significant role. He's going to get a lot of carries. He's going to be... I, I, I assume he'll be the head of a running back by committee. Mm-hmm. But I honestly, like, I don't know. I could easily see it being 50-50 split. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a one-two puncher. Brita is better than Jordan Howard, in my opinion. If I were to choose, I would give Brita 70% of the work until he got hurt. Yeah, until he got hurt. <laughs> I think, it, like, you know, Jordan Howard's like the thunder and Brita's like the lightning to this. Yeah. kind of. I think they have good back a tan backfield right here. Actually, I do. I, in, in I think Howard it can, and Matt Breida. I think they could do some damage together. Um, the it, thing is, you're gonna be. It's gonna be hit or miss. So mm-hmm. he's a good. He's good late round. You know, he's going in. I think the eighth round. Yeah, he's actually going as essentially the last starting running back that is being drafted. So I think there is. I think there's value there. I don't think he's the worst. Or, yeah, I don't think he's the worst starting running back. I would definitely take him over either the Patriots guys or I would take him over any of the Buffalo Bills guys. Like, why is he going later than Devin Singletary? Yeah, that didn't make much sense to me. He's going around Tevin Coleman, Keyshawn Vaughn, J.K. Dobbins, and Marlon yeah, Matt. he's going around second-string running backs right there. So I, I'm not a big Jordan Howard fan by any means, but... I think I'm. I think I'm going to try to own Jordan Howard this year. I think he's kind of a value where he's at. They're going to run the ball, and he's going to be the lead guy, the big, the big heavy guy. He's a red zone beast. He was a red zone beast in Philly last year. Is he reliable? Probably not. Not. Is he reliable week to week in and out starter? Probably not. So, but, are you? Are you okay? Are you drafting Jordan Howard at seven twelve or Matt Breida at eight ten in a PPR? I'd probably take either one of those guys. However, my team builds out, you know, if if I get there and I feel like I need to run him back, Jordan Howard's a starting guy. Like I'm probably scooping him up. 
up there if i need kind of a, a fill in a back you know an, an extra guy with some upside probably taking Brita there a little later i think Brita's upside is a little little higher than jordan howard's actually i agree uh, but i think howard's floor is higher than Brita's floor you know who i would take over all those guys Tariq cohen oh yeah yeah, and he's going. He's going around right in that area. But you, you okay. know, I have a. I it's known that I have a bet with Nolan on Tariq going. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think um, he's going to win it, but he's he will. Yeah, but would you disagree? I think Jordan Jordan Howard's floor is higher than Brita's, but Brita's ceiling is higher than Howard's. Yes. So that's kind of what that. you're getting with those two guys, and they're kind of going around the same. Brita does have an injury history where he he's a really good guy. He's averaged five yards a carry, but he he can't stay healthy. Yeah, that's his biggest. That's his biggest issue is staying healthy, and he'll probably struggle with it again this year. So, he's just he's a high upside guy. You know, you're gonna be streaming him. You're gonna have him on your team, but you're gonna he's gonna be he's, a flex, he's a, flex he's a de- he'll so. be a decent RB three, like a fill in guy, like we said. Yeah, you're, he's, if you draft him to be one of your starters, you probably didn't draft enough running backs. But <laughs> yeah, with a good matchup, he's gonna be he's gonna be a good guy to get in the eighth round. The stud yep. on this team, I'm going to let Braden go ahead and tell us about Devontae Parker, who ended as wide receiver 11 last year. My man won me two championships last year. <sighs> you quit bringing those up. And this is That was last year. That's old news. This is 2020. It's going to be your 2020. How 2020 is going for everybody else, it's going to go for you this year. Nah, fam. I'm going to wreck it again. All right, so you know why? Because I'm going to draft Devontae Parker. Oh, yeah. As as everybody else should. Yep. Why are you going to draft Devontae Parker? He finished as a wide receiver eleven last year. I already saw um, that. And he okay. Well, I'm restarting. <laughs> oh yeah. And he was a league winner. Okay. He's he's being drafted at six ten as the 29th wide receiver off the board. This is wild to me. He's got top ten upside. Like, how, I I don't understand how people are sleeping on Devontae Parker so much. Because he plays for the Dolphins. Yeah, but I it's and, man, I'm and telling you it's so my reasoning is he may not have the same quarterback all year. They may bring Tui in at some point, which I think hurts Devontae Parker a little see, bit. See, and that's where I believe that Fitzpatrick will play the majority, if not the full year. Wow. So um, are we taking yeah, are I, we taking bets on if Tua plays this year or what? I'm not saying he I, I say play. I say Tua starts. I say Tua starts five games this year. Mm, that's a good line. Um, yeah, okay, I'm not gonna bet you on. I'm not gonna bet you on that because what? he probably will. Oh, okay, he well, probably they... will. He he probably will play five games, including week 17. Yeah, including week 17 and the playoffs when they go to the playoffs. Oh yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> let, let me give you let me give you Parker's so, stats real quick. He finished okay. with seventy two receptions for twelve hundred yards, nine touchdowns on one hundred twenty eight targets. So that's a, that's that's a huge target share right there. Yeah, over his last seven games, he averaged twenty point three points per game last year. Yeah, yeah, I remember him going off at the end of the year last year, and definitely sad that he wasn't on my team. Yeah, and in one of those games, he he pretty much didn't even play in it. So. Well, and Parker's a good example of pretty sure nobody really drafted Parker last year. He was a guy that kind of came out of nowhere and and just blew up and took took the league and the yeah. fantasy leagues by storm. Like he was not a guy you were really targeting in drafts. If you got him, you got him super late as just yep. an upside guy, and he he definitely paid off on that upside. But I would say most people like you actually got him off the waivers. Yeah, I did. I 100% got him off the waivers in both those leagues. You you did not draft Devontae Parker last year. <laughs> yeah, and what and you know I just want to get across to people that you can you you can win your league with guys off the waivers. Is how a lot of guys. Raheem Mostert was the same way. Raheem Mostert was a league winner for a lot of people too because he came out of nowhere and took off at the end of the year. And those are the kind of guys that you need. Some some of the guys you draft, you know Zeke Elliott. I wouldn't say he's a league winner because he's going to be consistent for you all year. It's the guys like Parker and Mostert that come out of nowhere and just kind of put you over the over the edge, over the top, that kind of push your team further than it than it's been at. 
that kind of can win you leagues like that. It's just you got to know who to look out for. And 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 one thing that Devontae Parker is getting this year that he didn't have last year is a second option. Preston Williams is back. All right. And, he tore his ACL last year. Yeah, so he tore his ACL. He got hurt. Um, with Preston Williams being on the field, they're not going to be able to only focus on Devontae Parker this year. True, but I think they would probably double team Parker and leave Preston Williams open is probably the more likely scenario. Well, I mean, he's the thing is, Devontae Parker was the only guy on his team last year, okay? Yeah. He was he was getting doubled and he was catching the ball anyway. He actually tore up Stefan Gilmore at the end of the year. So. Yeah. So, he the man's a beast. Um you should draft him, especially if his ADP stays at 610. Yeah, for sure. Uh we mentioned Preston Williams, Albert Wilson is also there. I'm probably waiting on both these guys to kind of see what what happens, see, you know, if Fitzpatrick's still slinging the ball around. But I'm probably not wasting any draft capital on these guys. Uh, Preston Williams, if you have him in Dynasty, you need to hold on to this man. Um, he he, when he did play last year, he was averaging eleven, a little over eleven points a game, in, you know, in 2019. So just hold on to him in Dynasty. He could be a good, uh, good streamer, and uh, you know, it could be one of those league winners at the end of the year. You never know. Yep. And then let's go ahead and move on to the last guy on our list, who could be a could probably the only tight end in this division that you're could probably be starting tight end for your fantasy team. Mike, it says Gazicki, but it, I think it's Jazeki. Jazeki, yeah, Gizeki. it's definitely. Gizeki. It looks like Gazicki. Like a ge- <laughs> it reminds me of a gecko for some reason. I don't know. Sticky gecko, call him that. Mike Sticky Gecko. Finished his tight, or I actually have missed tight end sixteen this year. What do, you um, do you have any notes on Mike Sticky Gecko? I, I, I actually I do have notes on him. I just I'm not super excited about Jazeki. I know a lot of people are are high on him. I have him at sixteen. So I'm if you know tight ends, that's not you're not gonna draft him. <laughs> Uh, well, see, I think he will be drafted in almost all leagues. He's he's a guy a lot of people are talking about this year. Oh, he is. He's yeah. got he's got the talent. He's a very talented guy. His forty time and his combine was 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 great. He had a great combine. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna draft. Yeah, him. yeah, but he he's got great talent. He's got great opportunity. This team, they have some weapons. The other two guys we talked about in the wide receiver, they you know they have some upside, but Jazeki's kind of. At this point, especially at the end of last year, he's the number two guy passing option on the team. It wouldn't surprise me if he was a top ten tight end. Tight end's kind of wishy-washy anyways. He finished with 570 yards and five touchdowns on 89 targets. I I, I like him as a tight end with some upside. I would If you wait, wait, wait on tight end and you don't get one until like super late, you grab somebody like this. Yeah, he just he worries me. We mentioned Preston Williams coming back earlier, and there there was a clear correlation last year from when Preston Williams uh, went down to Jacecki's success. So it was it was clear, like the game that Preston Williams went down, Jacecki started started having his his better weeks. Well, so needs, that's concerning. Preston Williams needs to get out of the way and let Sticky Gecko go, bro. Sticky Gecko, Sticky Gecko, bro. That's what it looks <laughs> I like. love it, man. I love it. <laughs> Well, that uh, that wraps up our AFC East coverage. AFC Least, AFC Beast is probably not what anybody's going to call this division. Um, yeah, this has been the Fantasy Football Bandwagon episode, podcast episode five. Cinco, numero cinco podcast. I don't know how to say that in Spanish. Uh, my wife will teach me one day. Yeah, let us know what you guys think. Let us know. Let us know what you guys think of the show so far. We have a few listeners. Thank you guys very much for listening. We very much appreciate it. If you think we sound terrible or you think our advice is dumb, that would be cool. Tell us that, and I will respond to you and tell you that you're dumb instead. And follow <laughs> that's us. That's the way to. That's the way to get more. Followers. I will fight you right now. I will argue <laughs> with you. 
But in, in all honesty, bring up fantasy questions. We'll answer questions. I mean, we do research. We're not just tr- out here trying to spit whatever we want to. We're, you, we played fantasy for years. We like doing this. This is our passion, our hobby. And it's not a hobby. It's a passion. So Ain't nothing but facts. Fitters that. Over so, here. I mean, we, we do research. And we'll give you our honest, you know, thought-out opinions on players we've had a few questions send us some questions on social media on anchor you can leave us questions on anchor and we'll definitely get back to them if you send us a question we're going to answer it except for austin we're not going to talk about him yeah go go follow us on all social medias at ff bandwagon please do it on instagram at ff bandwagon on twitter at ff bandwagon we're real big on twitter we braden posts a lot of uh a lot of cool infographics on there about players we're talking about and all that. It's really cool. Uh, he posts little quizzes or I don't know. I'm not a big social media guy. I don't know. Little questions, blurbs, stuff like that. We actually just got done drafting in our first auction draft that we've ever done. Me and Braden are running a team together with some other Instagram uh, fantasy guys. It was really cool. Really cool experience. Uh, we're going to have a podcast coming up on that, just kind of going over it, how it was. It was really cool. Go follow some of those guys. And thanks for tuning in, guys. We we really appreciate it. Shout out to Garen, who did our awesome intro for us in the band I Pariah. Go check them out. I think they got some new music coming out. They're pretty cool. Go get some merch. Go get some, go get some merch. <laughs> and let, All right. let us know. Sticky Gecko out. Sticky Gecko out, boys.